Hello, spooky friends. I'm Lauren. And I'm Dallas. And welcome to Spooky Talk, a podcast about true crime, paranormal activity, and anything that is just downright spooky. Oh, spooky. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Spooky Talk. Welcome, welcome. Sorry that this one is coming out a couple days late. It, we went camping the last weekend. Well, and it's, then... it's, it's technically a week and a couple days late, but we're here now. We're here now, and we're going to make up for it. So, let's... Giving you the juice that you want. So let's go ahead and buckle up and get ready. So this one is, um, I titled it, Three Boys Equals One Girl, and we will figure out what that title means as we go on. Somehow that just doesn't seem like it maths correctly. Yeah, you'll you'll see. Uh, okay, I'll I'll buckle up and enjoy this ride. All right. Warning: the following episode contains cussing, sexual assault of a minor, domestic violence, talk of suicide, and disturbing dialogue. Listener discretion is advised. Because we get kind of fucky around here, so. So what's this? Uh, why, what's this maths that we're talking about here? More will be revealed, Dallas. Okay. You'll just have to okay. wait. Okay, we'll get, get going. Let's go. Are you ready? I am. We are all guilty of having a social media account at one point in our lives. We tend to post our entire lives for the world to see, or at least only the good side. But some post breakups and secrets that you would normally keep private. But when you meet someone new... The first thing you do is you go to their social media page and check them out. Creep. That's normal behavior nowadays. Yeah, if you're a creep. But what if their page was fake and they really weren't who they said they were? On the internet behind a keyboard, you can be anyone. Oh, they're smurfing. Yep, we're talking about a catfish. In 2009, when Facebook was at its peak, Two 15-year-old girls were in store for a nightmare that they never expected. We're going to refer to one girl as Alice, since she wants to be anonymous. Alice was a typical girl in Southeast England, with a population of 1.2 million people. It's the 12th most populated county in the entire country. Like any other teen girl, she was on the computer for hours, chatting on social media, creeping on boys, and probably playing Farmville. Did you ever play Farmville? Um, maybe. Back when... I never played it. And... Was it MySpace? No, it was Facebook. Facebook? I, don't pro- I probably didn't play Farmville. Yeah, I I never played it, and I hated how it'd be like, oh, so-and-so invites you to play Farmville. Please come give me some pigs and water my crops. I'm like, no, I'm okay. Why don't you take a hike, bub? She was talking with her friend Jessica Sayers. She was also 15, and she lived with her grandmother, Mary. Alice wanted to introduce Jessica to a new girl she met named Gemma Barker. Gemma was born in 1990, so she was older than the two girls, but it didn't seem to matter. All three of them would chat on Facebook, and they all seemed to get along great. Mary began to express concern when the girls started to meet up. She said that Gemma was too old for them and she needed friends her own age. The girls didn't care, though, because Gemma had a car, so they had means of freedom that most girls their age don't have. 
Gemma liked both girls, but she seemed to be wanting Alice's attention all to herself. Gemma had a reputation for that type of behavior. No matter what the situation was, Gemma wanted to be the center of attention. One night, Alice got a friend request from a boy named Aaron Lampard. He told her that he heard about her through Gemma and that she was dating his older brother, Jack. He said that he had a screen name for MSN Messenger, too. Oh, the days of AOL and MSN, all those instant messengers where you could have like a million of them. After countless nights of chatting online, they soon began to have feelings for each other. Aaron wanted Alice to be his girlfriend, but she said that she wanted to meet him in person first. So, with a little pressure from Alice, Aaron agreed to meet at a park near her house. Alice waited eagerly for the boy that had been courting her. When Aaron finally showed up at the park and they met face to face, sparks flew. Aaron wore dark baggy clothes and a black knit ear flap hat that had a pom-pom on top and it was pulled down almost over his eyes. Aaron and Alice shared deep conversations and held hands as they walked around the park. Aaron had shared with her that he had one brother that died from drowning and another that they lost to cancer. She felt bad for her new boyfriend and wanted to be there for a supportive shoulder. Just thinking, holy crap, this poor kid. Alice soon introduced Jessica to Aaron. Jessica liked him too, and they all became good friends. Jessica began to get a little sus of Aaron, though. There was just something in the back of her mind that really didn't sit right. She noticed his straight teeth and chubby cheeks. He kind of looked like her friend Gemma. Jessica even asked Aaron if he was related to her in some way. When he said no, she just dropped the subject. Jessica also noticed that Aaron never took his hat off, even when they were indoors. She asked Alice about the weird hat obsession, but Alice said that Aaron might have alopecia and was too embarrassed to take the hat off. A couple days later, after meeting Aaron, Jessica got a friend request from a boy named Luke Jones. He just happened to be friends with Aaron, and after many long chats, they agreed to meet in person. He wore snapbacks, tracksuits, and expensive shoes. When Jessica first met him, she looked. She said that he looked chav. And I looked that up, and it's a UK derogatory slang for a young hooligan who wears designer jeans and starts fights. Uh, usually seen as lower class. And I kind of got a laugh out of that because I thought that was like oddly specific. It's they wear designer jeans and start fights. <laughs> Luke was very different from Aaron from the way he walked, talked, and instant messaged. She noticed that Luke would abbreviate everything, whereas Aaron would write it in complete sentences. But he and Aaron shared the same niche. Luke never wanted to take his hat off. Jessica questioned him right away since it was a weird habit that he shared with Alice's boyfriend. Motherfuckers love hats. Stop breaking the balls. I guess. I don't know. It would bother me too if like you never took it off ever. Maybe they're just self-conscious about the shape of their head. And so the hat kind of helps hide the shape of their head. And so they never want to take it off. Oh, you're going to wear that forever, bud? Forever. But he said he could explain. He said that he suffered from alopecia and that he wasn't ready to show her yet. Jessica told him that her brother had it, 
also. So she completely understood. And that kind of confused me too, because I was thinking about how common is alopecia and how like coincidental would that be that all of these people within the same circle, like three people tend to have it. Well, I don't know. I've never been to like an alopecia support group, so I don't know how many people in our area that have alopecia, but it's probably more than I would expect. Yeah. And like, if you have that, I'm very sorry. Like I, I couldn't imagine losing my hair, but maybe it's just something in the water in that, that area that causes the alopecia, Lauren. I guess so. It's just, that's some, that's not something that I would want to fake. I wouldn't want to fake anything, but I mean, you know, to like pretend to have a disease that you don't have, like that's kind of fucked up. Well, you don't want to take off your hat, so you got to explain it somehow. I guess so. One afternoon when Gemma was visiting the girls, she told them that she got a full-time job and wouldn't be able to hang out very much. Jessica and Alice said that they were fine with that because they had new boyfriends and they were soaking up all their extra time. Alice was falling deeply in love with Aaron. We all know that teenage passion of your first love and where you believe you're going to be together forever. Her Facebook was just packed with pictures of her and Aaron kissing. I'm sure you and you remember probably like your first love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Like we were going to be together forever. First grade. (laughs) Hanging out under the jungle gym. Yep. I would say that mine was when I was 16. So, and it was wasted on somebody that was not worth the time. Jessica's Facebook was almost identical with pictures of her and Luke locking lips. Luke informed her that he wanted to take their relationship to the next level, but she told him no. She was only 15, and she was okay with just kissing. She wasn't ready for what he was suggesting, and that is fine. Like She has the right to say no. But Luke was persistent. Regardless of Jessica saying no, he would always put his hands up her skirt or try to get her to perform sex acts, but she stuck to her guns and continued to tell him to stop. Unfortunately, when Jessica went on a trip for holiday, Luke cheated on her with a girl in her class. She broke up with Luke after hearing the rumors were true. She was also embarrassed because Luke had been talking with the other girl online for months. Alice, on the other hand, was very happy with Aaron. So much, she agreed to elevate their relationship. He told her that it was completely normal not to take all your clothes off, and it had to be in the dark. Alice didn't know much about sex, so he took Aaron's word for it. She didn't have any reason not to believe him. How much do you want to bet he didn't take the hat off either? Of course not. (laughs) Shortly after Jessica changed her relationship status to single, she got a friend request from a boy named Connor McCormick. He told her that he felt bad for her because he had heard what Luke did to her. He said that he had spoken to Luke and told him that that wasn't right of what he did. Connor was the perfect shoulder to cry on. He helped Jessica with the pain of Luke's cheating, and she liked how kind and compassionate he was. Soon she told him that she was falling for him and would really like to meet in person to see where the relationship goes. Connor wore a ball cap, high tops, skinny jeans, and button-up shirts. 
Jessica described him of having Justin Bieber style hair. So I'm thinking it's probably like the long swoopy bangs. You got the swoop. Yeah. And even like the little, uh, back when I was in, uh, it was middle school. Everybody had like the little, uh, the wings where it's yeah. kind of like curled out on the sides and yeah. And it was like straight, but it would curl out there right at the end or like it would all be swooping one way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when that was huge. He wrote everything he wanted to say on a notepad app on his phone. He explained to Jessica that he had major social anxiety and that he also suffered from selective mutism. It was a disorder that caused him not to be able to talk in social situations such as a classroom or a relative's house. thought that was kind of convenient. As Jessica and Connor's relationship blossomed, Alice and Aaron's would be hitting the rocks. Aaron had asked Alice to get something out of his backpack for him one night when he was visiting her. As Alice searched, she was shocked when she found a pink adult sex toy. Dildo. Yep. (laughs) She showed it to Aaron, and he told her that he only used it on her once. She was upset because she did not give Aaron consent to use it. Aaron pleaded with Alice to forgive him and tried to say that it wasn't really that big of a deal. But he knew that this was the most... That this was, but he knew that this was most likely the end of his and Alice's relationship. The same day that Connor showed up at Jessica's house unannounced and asked if he could stay the night, he said that his grandmother died and he didn't want to be alone. Mary told Connor it would be all right if he stayed if he kept his hands to himself. She was offended, however, when he wouldn't remove his hat or hood when she asked him to. Obviously, like any teenage couple, they ignored the rules and started kissing and hugging in Jessica's bed. Before Jessica could tell him to slow down, he pulled her shorts down and began to perform oral sex on her. The more she told him to stop, the more aggressive he became, and she felt something go into her. When Connor finally stopped, Jessica was confused and in a lot of pain. Before she confronted Connor about what he did, her phone rang. It was Alice, and she wanted to tell Jessica about her discovery in Aaron's backpack. But the mood shifted when Alice realized that Jessica was upset. Connor suddenly took his phone out and wrote Jessica a message. He told her to tell Alice that Aaron was in a car crash. He said that Aaron was on life support in the hospital and that he had gone through the windshield. Alice was devastated and began to cry. Her and Aaron didn't have a good conversation the last time they spoke. She didn't want that to be the last thing that she said to him. So what's your what's your opinion on Connor suddenly getting the news that Aaron's in a car crash? I just thought it was kind of suspicious that all of a sudden she got he got this message that Aaron's in a car crash right when they were about to discuss the fact that he sexually assaulted Jessica. Is all I'm saying. That's all. Later that night, Jessica was not able to sleep. She was upset about Connor sexually assaulting her. She was also worried about Aaron. She sat up and tipped his hat back so she could see all of his face. And she gasped when she realized it was Aaron lying next to her. So if you didn't figure that out already, like, spoiler alert, obviously. Spoiler alert. (laughs) So, obviously, we're pretty sure that Aaron's not in the hospital since Connor turned out to actually be 
Aaron. He's Luke to BT Dubs. So Connor is Aaron. Yes. And A.A. Ron is Connor. Yes. Fucking A.A. Ron. And Aaron Connor is also Luke. It It's like Jimmy Steve from Shameless. So in the morning when Connor woke up, Jessica kicked him out of the house. He walked away down the street without saying a single word. Grandma Mary said that he was a weird kid and she was not sad to see him go. Jessica and Connor never spoke again. This was only the beginning of the web that was starting to become unraveled. When Alice's dad picked her up from school, Aaron was in the back seat. She mentioned that he had no cuts or bruises and that he didn't appear as if he'd been on life support from a bad car accident. Aaron claimed that he only ended up with whiplash, but was unable to show any evidence that he was even in the hospital. So he messed things up with Jessica, so he's going to try to go back to Alice, basically. The girls begin to acknowledge the red flags that have been popping up since day one. For one, they never got to see where Aaron and Connor lived, and never got to go meet their families. Both boys claimed that they lived in a place called St. George's. This was a gated community that had high-valued homes. Most were owned by celebrities. Once the girls waited by the gates for the boys, but they never showed up. They even once went to the supposed address of the boys provided, and when they knocked on the door, a housekeeper answered and told them that no one by that name lived there. Aaron tried to explain this away by saying his dad told the housekeeper to say that for security reasons. He even went as far to say that his mother died in a car crash, and after his two brothers died as well, his dad was very protective of him. But the girls had had enough of the absurd excuses and went to the police to report the sexual assault. After the report was made, it wasn't long before they arrested Aaron from Alice's house. Before he was arrested, Jessica saw a social media post from Luke. It read, I want people to know it's me because Aaron is getting the blame for something I'd done and I think it's not right. Even with this pathetic stitch effort to shift blame, Aaron was arrested. The police even thought the young man was strange when they began to interrogate him. Something wasn't right about him, but they couldn't exactly put a finger on what it was. It wasn't until they performed a strip search that, on Aaron that they realized they had a very big problem. Aaron finally removed his hat and long brown hair fell down around his shoulders. He unfolded his arms from across his chest and revealed that he had breasts. And when Aaron looked up, the police were staring at Gemma Barker's face. So Aaron's a chick? Aaron's a chick. Holy shit. Luke's a chick. Connor's a chick. Connor, Luke, and Aaron don't exist. They were all personas made up by Gemma. And I... They said that this... That she was very, very convincing when she was dressed up as these different boys. You know, because, I mean, like they said, she walked and talked and acted different. Their mannerisms were different. But, I mean... I don't know. I guess I would have to see a picture. They they don't have any pictures of her dressed up as the boys. 
No pictures of A.A. Ron or Connor? No. So, I mean, like, maybe if I were to see the pictures, I'd be a little bit more convinced. But I was just kind of like, this girl's kind of distinct looking. But she... It's, I, it's I could, the alopecia hats, Lauren. <laughs> yeah, the alopecia. And probably wearing some kind of uh, compression shirt. Yeah, and how you keep probably all your clothes on while you have sex. And it's dark. And it's, and it's got to be in the dark. It's gotta you got to always have your backpack next to you so you have that dildo ready. Yeah. And ready uh, at a moment's notice. So can you just imagine like somebody going through your backpack and like pulling out a dildo? You just got to always have a dildo carrying around with you. I would probably be really embarrassed. <laughs> like, if you're like, oh, that's not mine. I don't know how that got in there. Why are you digging through my shit? <laughs> Yeah, it is mine. What's it to you? Yeah, like yeah, it is mine. What are you? What are you looking at? Oh, jeez. I wonder how many people just carry around dildo in their backpack. I know. One time, in high school, we were being told about like not bringing stuff to school that you wouldn't want someone else to see, like dildos. Yeah, because there was a time where, you know, like they were searching our backpacks and stuff in our lockers and they there was a girl that had exactly what you thought in her backpack and that spread like fucking wildfire. It's for that lunchtime nut, you know? Sometimes you gotta get that lunchtime nut going. <laughs> Gross. Now, now with me, I always had like vodka or weed. Yeah, and I remember Going to shop class. Um, shop class was out in this separate building that we had to go to. So you had to kind of walk across um, kind of half of the field or something like that. And it was kind of out, out of the way. We had to play Frogger. We had to go from the school, cross a road, and then it was like over by one of the uh, parking lots. I think that was the. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, see, ours was all in the same campus and everything, so it was easy to get to. It was just a little bit extra of a walk, and I remember walking there one day when people were going back and forth and stuff, because it was also a shortcut to the band room. Uh, There was this kid that was holding up this pink thong that he found on the ground on his way to school, and he was carrying it around and showing everybody. I mean, you know, it's we're in middle school, so you know we're like, oh, thong. Yeah, like oh. we're just like we were just kind of sitting there, like, ew, that's gross. You found that on the street and you touched it, and right? You- <laughs> and you carried it with you, like, bro, who knows what's on that thing? Yeah, and and then of course everybody started saying it was this one girl's underwear and blah blah. So you know the how the rumor weed starts. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've definitely been in that situation. Well, not like me starting the rumor. But oh, did you fa- did you leave your panties somewhere? No, no, I didn't leave my panties nowhere. I was good. I was good like that. Oh, but uh, I guess somebody found like a doctor's slip or something of one girl, and the the rumors just flew about how she had like some kind of STD or something like that. And, oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Kids are mean. Oh, yeah. So, 
Like I said, Aaron, Luke, and Connor never existed. All three boys were were created by Gemma Barker. There were many more made-up boys in relationships with other girls as well. So it just wasn't these two that she, like, targeted and took advantage of. She's doing this with a lot of other people. She has multiple accounts, and she's talking to multiple people. I just don't see where she has the time. She's a fishing. Yeah, she is a terrific pen pal. Fishing them cats. Yeah. She is one hell of a catfish. She had fabricated everything from the social media accounts to the boys' backstories, even down to their mannerisms and style. The amount of shock, pain, and humiliation was unbearable for the girls. It raised more questions that would unfortunately never be answered. Gemma tried to keep up the facade all the way to the trial. At one point, she even forcibly broke her own jaw and claimed that Luke assaulted her. Jim Carrey did that first in the movie Liar Liar, probably where she got the idea from. I'm kicking my own ass! (laughs) And when he's freaking out in the office because he's trying to say the pen is red, but the pen's blue. (laughs) She also claimed that Luke was forcing her to pose as Aaron and Connor, but we all know that Luke would be MIA because he didn't exist. During the trial, girls made statements that they felt dirty and that they both had many thoughts of suicide. It was shown that Gemma really favored Alice and had no real reason why she did it. It was never really explored that maybe Gemma was gay and she just wasn't ready to let anyone know. Or was she just experimenting? But she never showed any remorse or guilt for destroying the two innocent girls' lives. And that's the thing, too. Like, even if she is gay, that's fine, you know? But what she did, the way she went about it was not okay. Like, posing as a boy, that whole thing, because maybe she realized, like, I really like this girl, but she's obviously straight, but I want to be with her so bad, so maybe I'll make up this persona. But, I mean, like... It's got to come to an end at some point. I yeah, mean, like are how you gonna, are you going to live as Luke Connor and Aaron the rest of your life if you didn't get caught? Yeah, like, like how long were you going to let this go on? I guess obviously probably until she got caught. But it's just like the whole thing is I don't know, it's just she she never like she said she wasn't gay, but I don't know. It's just then why are you only posing as men to attract underage girls i mean there's obviously like you know she's a pedophile we know that much because she's 19 and these girls are 15 um i don't know what the age of consent in the uk is i probably should have looked that up but i mean even still if it's 16 it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if it's an adult and a minor yeah that that right there and then on top of it like what she was doing to them and everything i don't know it's just the whole thing was really creepy to me just kind of fucky yeah and just the fact that she didn't have any reason why she's doing this i thought was kind of weird because you know on the tv show catfish they talk about how they had you know they made these profiles because of some kind of thing in their life that happened or you know they didn't they felt ugly and they just wanted to escape reality and then they get in these relationships and it turns into something real um but this was 
done like with I feel like pure malicious intent almost. I I take it as malicious because she was lying the whole time, you know. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I guess I can't really have an opinion, but during the trial, Gemma was diagnosed with autism, ADHD, borderline learning disorder, but I had no signs of personality disorder. After all the mess and damage done, Gemma pled guilty to two counts of sexual assault. She was sentenced to 30 months in prison, and she served the two and a half years and since has been released. Jessica, however, decided to try and warn others about being sexually assaulted for victims of catfishing. She shared her story about how Gemma used their friendship to gather what the girls were interested in and what type of boy they liked. She then twisted herself into their lives as the perfect boy. Jessica tells how Connor was her first love, and at the drop of a dime, he was gone. He was never real. She spoke about how she just wanted to die, but she's using her experience to educate young men and women that just because you have a Facebook account doesn't mean that they are real. I thought it was on the internet, so everything is real. Right? I saw it on Facebook, so it's got to be real. Yeah, Facebook says it's true. So it's just, I don't, like, see this whole thing, like, social media was such a heavy influence in, in it because that's where the girls did most of their conversations with the boys was over Instant Messenger. So she could log into all these different, messengers and be all three boys at the same time she just has to be careful that she realizes who she's talking to keeps the conversations straight yeah and that's why i'm wondering like if she had like a notebook where she said okay like this person is this this and this and that just seems like way too much work like i don't know why anybody (laughs) would want to put themselves through that yeah she was good at kind of keeping her life straight there for a little while though and Like, that's why I was saying, like, she's one hell of a catfish because she made these profiles look real as well, too. Because you know how sometimes, like, the catfish will have, like, two pictures and, like, maybe 15 friends. And it looks like they got them both off the internet. It's, like, some kind of model-looking type shit. Yeah, exactly. And they have, like, some kind of exotic place in the background or something. Like, bitch, I thought I saw this shit in a Better Homes and Gardens magazine. Yeah, so I was kind of laughing about that, just thinking, like, okay, so. But, like, I mean, just the fact that Luke and Connor and Aaron were all friends, and then they had a bunch of friends, too. And they all, even though they all had the same face, they looked different, I guess. That's another thing, too. I was like, it, don't you guys notice that it's the same face every time? Like, one would wear their hat forward, and the other one would kind of put it to the side just a little bit. Yeah, and then I think that Aaron didn't have any hair. Like, it was all tucked up into the hat, but he just had the hat pulled down low over his eyes. So, I don't know. I was just like, huh, that's that's interesting. So, now you know why it's three boys equal one girl. It's just maths yeah i um i got all of my information from a documentary um called what's it called oh okay i'm sorry it says it's like a boy it's like three boys who turned into a girl or a girl who turned into three boys or something like that and um 
it was it was really interesting to watch, especially um, since Jessica Jessica's really cute and she's on there and she does not hold back, man. She tells you everything, how she felt, how how she feels, and I'm glad because she's been on Doctor Phil and stuff like that, and she's been a real big advocate um, for people who basically kind of who got this, fished, who got fished, and I feel for her too because I think that has to be so hard. So getting over your first love. On top of the fact that your first love didn't exist, I would think it would be really hard to get closure from that. Right. Because there's no way that you could talk to that person. So you have to basically act like that person's dead because they, they're not, they're not there and they're never going to be there. And I, you know, I looked up Gemma just to see what she's doing and she is just living her life. Like nothing happened. I don't know if she still continues to catfish people, but yeah, she's just out there living her life. YOLO. Yeah, it was interesting. So I would um I found that on Amazon Prime. So in the meantime, you can go ahead and if you feel that you want to donate to us to help the show going, we have a Venmo at Spooky Talk Podcast. We also have an Instagram at spooky.talk.podcast. Make sure you put the dots in there. Gotta have the dots, people. Gotta I'll, have the dots. I'll be putting up pictures from the episode. Um, I found a couple of pictures of Gemma and one of Jessica, and I have a little silhouette for Alice, so I'll go ahead and throw those up so you can see kind of what Gemma looks like, and maybe you can kind of judge for yourself there. And you can also email us at SpookyTalkPodcast at gmail.com if you have any case suggestions or if you just want to say hey, comments, anything like that, just go ahead and drop us an email. And uh, do you have anything to add, Dallas? I don't have anything. Alrighty. Well, then I guess it's time to say that until next time, stay spooky. Bye. Bye.